It's time for the Greg Campy Show, presented by RJ's Pub. Let's go live to RJ's Pub in Rochester Hills. Here's Coach Campy and the voice of the Golden Grizzlies, Neil Rule. What is going on, buddy? Welcome back to another episode of the Greg Campy Show. We're live here at RJ's Pub in Rochester Hills. He is Coach Greg Campy. My name is Neil Rule, the voice of the Golden Grizzlies. Remember, you get involved with the show, the hashtag AskCampy. That's all you got to do. Send a tweet with the hashtag AskCampy on it. We get to all of them as they come in. Cam, ready for some March Madness? Yeah, I mean, this is what <clears throat> it's all about. <laughs> it's the I told the team this is really the sad the sad time and the good time, right? It's uh, it's sad because it's about to end at some point, and it's exciting because this is what you play for. This this week right here is, you know, if, if you win the conference championship, the tournament. Um, you get the chance to do all those special things, cut the nets, the confetti comes, you know, all the things they dream out about our chances, you know, of winning the national championship aren't real good. So this is their chance to, you know, to experience that. The next time you would cut down the nets is if you win the Elite Eight and go to the Final Four. And again, uh, you know, the chances of that happening, maybe someday it will, but the chances of it aren't good. So this is your week. For the people that play in one bid leagues and that, this is this is it. And everything that we've done all year is for this week. And so it's really an exciting time. Yeah, Camp, it's like, it's like I like to say, right, uh, and they said it in the movie Cocktail, uh, all things in badly or else they don't end. And, you know, that that's college basketball in March. Like, that's, that's the way it is. If it ends. The movie Cocktail? Yeah, that's right. Tom Cruise. Yeah, I might. See, they knew. You guys all knew. Everybody. <laughs> Give me a round of applause if you know Cocktail with Tom Cruise. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, absolutely. There you go. Two and a half people. <laughs> well, that's why I kept talking in case nobody clapped. Now, that statement. That's a, that's a veteran move. If you made that statement to somebody you were breaking up with once, clap your hands. <laughs> now, that I would expect. <laughs> that it would be a solid line. Hey, just remember, all things end badly or else they don't end. That's that's pretty much true. <laughs> uh, all right, Camp. Uh, let's take a look at last week. Uh, got the win over Wright State, swept Wright State for the first time in a very long time. Uh, fell to Northern Kentucky. Uh, at that time, Camp, you guys knew your fate. You knew where you were going. You were locked in to that fifth spot. Just kind of take us through last week and your thoughts. Well, the, the Wright State game was, you know, a game that we had to get. Uh, we put a lot of effort into it. Um, we felt, for many reasons, one is we kind of had a preseason goal uh, to to beat them twice, uh, you know, because we had had struggled with them over the last five six years, and so we, as a group, when I met with the captains and all during the summer, when we would meet individually, uh, go to go to lunch with, you know, uh, uh, two or three times, I I took the three captains to lunch and. The whole thing was come up with what you want as goals and what do we want to accomplish. And basically, beating Wright State was one of those things that we wanted to accomplish, sweeping Wright State. So there was, you know, that was on the line when we went into that game. And uh, But the most important part of that was that we knew, we knew that if we won, that if we won that game, we'd be locked in. And so... Uh, we wanted to try and get a home game. We were hoping that if Detroit beat Northern Kentucky that night, then we would be playing for a home game on Saturday. That didn't happen. So Saturday's game, we, you know, was, I mean, obviously you're going to play to win, but there wasn't the urgency 
uh, we kind of knew we might be playing Ken Northern Kentucky again back-to-back. And I talked to him before the game a little bit about you all want to play in the NBA. Well, this is what the playoffs are like in the NBA. You get to go back to back. So we're going to play this game. We spent today looking at the game and what mistakes we made. What did they do against us? And it's not now three weeks later when you play them again and you've prepared for other teams. Now you're going to play them again. And hopefully, the, you know, some of the shots they made and, and uh, some of the things that we let them do, we won't let them do Thursday. Camp, you're a coach, so I know how you'll probably answer this. But at the same time, having been around this game for a very long time, uh, in all the games that, that I've done throughout my career, I have never seen somebody shoot 80% during the course of a second half from three. And I, and I would contend, Camp, if you, in practice, with nobody out there, there, isn't, <laughs> there aren't teams out there that would shoot 80% from behind the three-point line with nobody guarding them. Have, have you ever seen a – a shooting display like that before over the course of a half, an entire half? Well, some of those shots, no one was guarding them. Right. So. <laughs> I, and I know, and I, yeah. I knew that you were going to go there, but um, still, Camp, I mean, 80%. Yeah, I mean, it, it was a fantastic shooting display, and it was deep. I mean, it wasn't. Right. I mean, they were deep. They were in areas we might not wanted to have guarded them. Uh, but they got it going. They got it going early. We made a, you know, there's so much to be said for the first few minutes of a game and allowing a good player not to get a look because you want to make it uncomfortable. Um, when we played Fort Wayne, we let uh, Godfrey get a wide open shot to start the game, and he made it. And the, just the confidence that that can breed into a player. You really are trying very hard in the beginning of games not to allow really good players to get looks. And uh, we made a, a critical error. In, on their first basket, we were ahead four to nothing, and a kid drove, and Vincent was right in front of our bench, and, and the game plan was that if that guy drives, you don't help, you run right to Vincent, and so he can't get a catch and shoot. And the guy did the exact opposite. He got a catch and shoot and made it. And, and you know, they made their first five threes, and then their second half they made, as you said, 80%. And I, I just give them credit. I got to believe that. I shouldn't say this because it probably will happen, but I can't believe that could happen again back-to-back. -back. And I think that bodes well for us that, you know, we're coming off a game where they shot it like that. Now, they'll, they're at home, and they could still shoot it really well. But that was, that was a, you know, that was almost unhuman. All right, absolutely. But it's happened to us. It's the third time it's happened to us this year in, in our building, and it just, it's frustrating to me that that has happened over and over again in our building. I mean, the percentages that, uh, we, our last four games were at home, and teams shot 53% from the floor and 45 from the three against us. And, uh, and you take those numbers further, this is just amazing. We were 2-2 two and two in those four games. We, out, we shot 54 more free throws than our opponents shot in those four games. We made, I think it was 34 more free throws than our opponents shot in those games. We turned our opponents over 28 times more than we turned it over. We had 33 steals in those four games, we, which means if you're doing that, you're flying around and playing, right? You're, it's not, oh, you're sitting there, you're not playing hard, and they're making shots on you. I mean, the, the numbers, turning those teams over, you know, that many times, getting that 33 steals in four games. I'm not real good at math, Neil, but I know that's at least 10 a game, right? No. No. Damn. 
You're right. You're not good at math, Cam. No. What is that? Four. That's eight. Eight. Eight and some change. Yeah, okay. So I think the team that leads the nation in steals averages about nine and a half a game. So that's a, that's a national level number. Right. So, um, so that meant we were flying around and we were playing, and it's hard to criticize that. Did we make mistakes? Yes. Did we double when we shouldn't? Did, all right, but you're going to get that. But those teams shot that well. And then the other thing in, in two of the games, you know, the Detroit game, uh, the the Northern Kentucky game, I mean, they, they just were flat out unconscious and made shots, all right? But in uh, the Detroit game and in the Northern Kentucky game, not only did they make shots, they, they hurt us on the offensive glass. The Wright State game, who was the best rebounding team in the country, we, we out, you know, we, we completely shut them down on the glass. So it, it was frustrating from a coaching standpoint to see those numbers because those are the numbers we value getting to the free throw line, you know, turning teams over. Those show that you're playing hard and that you're playing. And, you know, so when teams are making shots like that against you, I want to get mad at them because, come on, we got to play hard or how is this happening? But I thought we played our butts off. So it was just one of those things. You're listening to the Greg Campy Show, brought to you in part by Henry Ford Sports Medicine, the official team positions for Oakland University and you. For more info, visit henryford.com backslash athletes. Coming up in just minutes will be joined by the director of athletics steve waterfield here at the greg campy show got a couple of the uh ask campy questions that came in for steve we'll discuss that a couple of topics we'll uh, address with steve waterfield but camp you brought up that right state game and you know Jalen moore uh would, would was brilliant in that basketball game uh, 35 points and nine rebounds got to the free throw line 18 times he averaged 31 points a game over the weekend and we talked about this two weeks ago. We talked about this last week. He's just scoring the basketball. He's taking it to another level. Well, he's doing what seniors are supposed to do down the stretch of their careers, especially great seniors, guys that have immortalized themselves in the lore of Oakland basketball or whatever school they're at. You know, they've, they've had a great career, and their career's coming to an end, and you see this all the time. They just take it another step. Uh, one of the things that has hurt this year is you know Jalen's not getting the assists that he's had in past years and there, and everybody's saying well he's trying to score the ball more no we can't shoot we're shooting it well right he, I mean, you've got to make the shot for him to get the assist <laughs> and you know during those four games I just talked about we shot 22 percent from the three at home during those four games wow you know it's that's tough I don't know that I've ever seen that either. That's yeah. tough. At home. I mean, you, you know, you go on the road, you throw a road game in, you did, you know, you, middle of January, the you know, the dog days or whatever. But we're playing, you know, we're playing. We win those four home games. We have a, we have a home game in the tournament. And we shoot 22% from the three. We have a guy go three for 30. We have a guy go 0 for 7. We have a guy go 2 for 11. You know, how's he going to get assists? So what he's doing is he's taking it upon himself. I'm going to get to the free throw line. You know, Jalen actually, in those four games, he shot 38% from the three, which is eight points higher than his season percentages. So he is taking it to another level, which great players do. Uh, Jalen Moore was named Horizon League first-team performer for the season. Trey Townsend landed on Hold on, hold on, on, the, hold on. Right. What is significant about Jalen Moore 
being named first team all conference. For the third for the third time? No, he was second team last year. Was he? I'm pretty sure he was no, first he, no, he was first team two years ago. He was second team last year. He did not make first team. Is last that year. true? I just Come on, man, you work for Oakland. You're yeah. supposed to know all that stuff. And really? You're, oh. And you're supposed to know that I'm giving you a home run here to to say something great about our program, but you don't seem to know this answer. But, but, but I would think somebody in your shoes should know this answer. Well, let me see here. Uh, Greg Campius coached seven statistical NCAA champions. No, no um, that's not what the significance is. No, I know. Is. I, what is now, the Camp, significance? You're not letting me do the job. I'm trying to give the resume for I you. Don't need the resume. Doing it. I don't need the resume. I need what is the significance of Jalen Moore being named first team all league? Fourth point guard? Nope. What it, is it? It is the 17th consecutive year that all oh, we've had a Horizon League first team or an all league first team. He's had player. a first team all league player. 17 consecutive years. So you people that pay for tickets, I think you've got your money's worth. <laughs> right? 17 consecutive years we've had a first team all league player. I would guess, I don't know because I'm trying to coach a team right now and I don't have time to do the research, but I would guess. Gonzaga, because they've won their league 50 years in a row or something, would be better than us. But I'll bet you there's not another team in the country that can say for 17 consecutive years we've had a first-team all-league player. I'm pretty proud of that. Can you tell? <laughs> <laughs> no, Do you uh, know that in the last 14 years we've had five player of the years? It's pretty impressive, too. So when these when – these, uh, all league things and that come out, I, I think it says a lot about, from a fan standpoint, the quality of players that they've got to watch. Considering five NBA players, five guys have been uh, player of the year. Uh, the, you know, Travis Bader was the greatest three. You know, just all these things that have happened in the last 20 years, to look at that, and that, that's pretty impressive, and I'm really proud of it. Yeah, I mean, it, it is. The, the resume is impressive. The, the style of basketball is certainly always impressive as well. That was one of the big one of the big selling points, man, for Oakland basketball. I've talked about it before. That's kind of why I, you know, as a, as a student, why I kind of went to Oakland. Basketball was fun. I know that's not the most scholarly, uh, most scholarly reason to pick a university, but here we both are sitting up here right now. So we will take our first break, and when we come back, we'll be joined by the director of athletics, Steve Waterfield. Got some stuff to touch on with Steve on the business side of Golden Grizzlies Athletics. We got your Ask Campy questions coming up in the third segment as well. All that and more. You're listening to the Greg Campy Show live from RJ's Pub in Rochester Hills. Here in Michigan, we're used to keeping ourselves busy all winter long. Whether that's enjoying mugs of hot chocolate by the fireplace or a late night of movie watching. And at DTE, we want to help keep that winter fun going while saving you money. With our online interactive home, you can find ways to save throughout yours, from your kitchen to your living room. Stay cozy and save. Head to DTEinteractivehome.com today. DTE. They say one great thing leads to another, and that's especially true when you visit a Great Clips salon. When you sit down for a haircut with the skilled and friendly stylist at one of our thousands of convenient Great Clips locations, they'll not only make your hair look great, they'll make you feel great too. And that's something you can't help but share with the world. Download our online check-in app today and opt in to get a ready next text when you're up next. Great Clips. 
It's going to be great. At Lincoln of Troy, we always put our customers first. And even with the current vehicle shortage, we're committed to keeping you one step ahead. If you plan to turn in your lease or buy a new vehicle within the next few months, now is the time to come in and place your retail order. Not only does it ensure that you get the vehicle of your choice, but you can save up to $1,200. It's still a great time to buy a Lincoln. And our goal at Lincoln of Troy is to make sure your next vehicle is ready when you are. Let us put you at the front of the line. They say consistency is the key to success. They weren't wrong. So how about grabbing a beer that's consistently smooth, consistently refreshing, and consistently light? You might just find that the road to success can be pretty enjoyable. Michelob Ultra, the perfect balance of taste and refreshment and only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Enjoy responsibly. Anheuser-Busch Michelob Ultra Light Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. Welcome back to the Greg Campy Show live here at RJ's Pub in Rochester Hills. My name is Neil Rule, the broadcast voice of the Golden Grizzlies. And right now, as promised, we're joined by the director of athletics here at Oakland University. He is Steve Waterfield, a fixture on the uh, on the Golden Grizzlies radio pregame basketball show as well. Steve, you know the movie Cocktail, right? I, I do. I am more likely than not, I went on a date in high school. It was my, before my junior year or so. Uh, I'm sure I saw a cocktail. No clue what the plot was. I don't know if it had a plot, yeah. but I, I know I saw it in the theater. But it had a great line, too, and it was and it played at that time. There is no doubt about that. But, Steve, uh, great to get a chance to talk with you about, you know, some of the business side of stuff and, and how this all works. And, and I guess kind of the first question for you, Steve, as we get ready to go into the, the Barbasol Horizon League Basketball Championship, the format to the tournament and everything, it's something that we've seen a lot of conferences be kind of fluid in the way that they do their, their basketball championship. How did the Horizon League arrive at this format and this current version of it? Yes, yeah, so we gathered in June all the ADs and met, and we looked at a number of basketball topics. One of them you're actually going to see next year with a new conference schedule, kind of a cadence and how we've approached that. But we looked at the tournament. We looked at different ways of maybe having three games in Indy. Do you, do, how do you get that, and how, do you only have eight teams playing it? And ultimately we thought it's important that every team make it and that we provide an advantage to the teams that are higher seeded so they can have a home, home game because the thought is the home game is going to let them hopefully get to Indy and have a better chance and so we kind of did it that way and see how it goes we're not foreclosing the opportunity to maybe look back at it and see we try to get eight teams and have more of a three-day deal uh, down there in Indianapolis what are some of the factors too I guess I mean is it's like a majority vote type situation is it, is it something where you guys come up with something and say hey all the I say I and things like that is, is there like a house of parliament angle to it how does it all work we had about seven options and so obviously you got to have someone that's actually going to motion an option for to vote on it and uh, we just didn't like any of the other options that were brought to the table one of the factors is you could it, it, there's a cost component because they're running the the Coliseum down there you could do three in a row but you're not going to have practice days in between okay so so do you want teams to have practice days? Do you not want them to have practice days? How does that look? Do you want them to have three games in three days? And, and, and really we thought, you know what, this is probably the better model right now to keep it as it's been the past few years and then see how it goes and then reassess it. Talking with Steve Waterfield here, the director of athletics at the Greg Campy Show live at RJ's Pub in Rochester Hills. So you, you mentioned it. You brought it up, the Horizon League schedule model and the Horizon League scheduling component. 
what what you you alluded that there could be some change to that next year what, what are you guys looking at how's that anticipated to shake out yeah so we're getting away on both men's and women's basketball we're getting away from the travel partner model strict okay. travel partner and, model and this, so this is happening this is happening it's, okay. it's been decided uh, we'll release the schedule in august september once espn makes his picks and you got to move things around that way but it's kind of a hybrid travel partner there'll be some games where you like when we go to wisconsin we'll play the wisconsin teams the same weekend and have a day off in between uh, you'll have other situations where you break up uh, what would typically have been a travel partner and have two days between games and so what we're trying to do is provide uh, more rest you'll see a wednesday saturday cadence maybe a thursday sunday cadence okay in a lot of ways you'll see split weeks where you have an away that a home game and then a home and an away game and as we went through the schedule we tried to find ways to provide ample rest so you didn't play a team that actually beat you home if you were on the road coming back to play that team at home and so i like what it looks like we'll see what it what it actually how it plays. How it plays, and uh, actually, I'll get Greg's feedback, but I got Greg and Jeff's feedback. I think we both think it's a step in the right direction and excited to see it play out next year. So you'll get Greg's feedback, are you sure? I always get Greg's <laughs> feedback. It's actually interesting because, I, I, I mean, I always say, hey, what do you think? And I, I might not agree with his, his yeah. opinion, but I want to hear it. Yeah. And um, I, I value it and I value Jeff, so <laughs> it, it helps in the process. Yeah, yeah, talking with Steve Waterfield here on the Greg Campy Show. Um, what was the thought process, I guess? You know, you, you brought up a, a couple of the talking points on it. What was the thought process in terms of changing you know, what the Horizon League schedule was like now to that? Yeah, everything in the Horizon League schedule-wise always comes back to facility conflicts. And we're lucky that we own our own facility and operate it, but that's not the same case for a lot of other schools. And because of those conflicts, it leads to really difficult scheduling uh, kind of runs where you might have – four away in the first six, or I think Northern Kentucky and Wright State, seven out of the last eight are on right. the road. And so how do you try to break that up and provide some more flexibility with the schedule conflicts that we deal with? So we think this will do that. Uh, it also provides more rest, and we think ultimately uh, just a better way to, to provide our student-athletes a chance to compete across the board in each of the league games. All right, so you ready to take it to the streets? Let's go. The, uh, Absolutely. The, the people got the uh, Ask Campy questions going on, but a couple of them were directed – uh, I think more in Steve Waterfield's lane. So uh, we'll absolutely do that. And some of the people want to know the first one we have here is from Joe Oberleason. He says, will beer and alcohol be reintroduced back to the arena for 23-24? It was introduced near the end of 21-22 for a short period of time. and was a great idea, but was absent from the arena this season. Hashtag Ask Campy. He's got the little beer emojis too. Yeah, so. nothing, nothing wrong with an ice cold beer. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, we, we did it on a trial basis last year. The challenge was we actually lost money as a whole. Um, the first game it was – just about break even, but when you add all the costs that you have to have in order for security and all the things that come with complying with kind of liquor control, the right. other game, we lost money and it wasn't $10 that we lost. It was, wasn't was huge, but if you added it up over the course of the season, I just wasn't willing to uh, run the risk of it losing money when that money could go to our student athletes and our sports programs. Maybe next year, I I'm open to it. Uh, I think we there's a way that it does make sense. It's just we need to figure out how to do it and how to have it actually turn a profit for us and that's something too steve i mean the fan in me says well, well what can that be but there there is regulations and protocol that you have to follow it's not just hey here's the beer uh give us six bucks and you can have one like there, it's it's a lot more than that it's a lot yeah, it's more not my fraternity party back <laughs> at kenyan college <laughs> yeah, yeah so it, true. Yeah, there's a lot more to it and, and, and it makes sense and we don't want to do anything that gets the university in trouble so we're going to comply with it and there's a cost to it you have to have security and other things in place and uh, do it the right way uh, absolutely uh more with the hashtag ask campy but it's actually ask waterfield here uh sports fan 4848 says 
Uh, when will we get upgrades to the locker rooms and, and possibly a separate practice facility? Yeah, I mean, it's been in the works for decades, and obviously we haven't gotten it done, and it's something that I, uh, we want to get done. Uh, obviously, on campus, that new practice facility, it's well north of $10 million. And uh, obviously, if any of you have uh, that are listening to have uh, some spare change in, in that range, we'll I'm more than Steve, happy to We'll give out Steve's cell phone number in a second. Right. Yeah, so I think we pivoted. I think we're looking at maybe existing facilities that are uh, around campus that may make sense and be at a lower price point to get us in there. Uh, once we get any facility that's existing, we've got to make sure we have things um, for both men and women's basketball that complies with Title IX and, and that it works and it makes sense that way. So uh, we're, we're always thinking about ways to get it done. There's some things that we've thought out big picture. Um, it's just we, we got to get that funding and get right. the mil it's millions of dollars to get that lead gift and then you get the renovation and the operating costs. Right, absolutely. Um, Steve, what, you and I have talked about this in the past on the uh, pregame show for for basketball, name, image, and likeness. And this is something that you and I have, have chopped it up a lot about. And it's not something we get into a ton here on, on the Greg Campy Show. But, you know, at, as you look at it, name, image, and likeness and how it's come into operation, and it is a big, big buzz phrase that everybody, the sports fans certainly talk about as well. We, we were told that, that this was going to be, be the death blow for, for college athletics. And, and lo and behold, you know, the, the world's still spinning and the tournament's going to go on and the college football playoff went on and everything like that. As, as a community, right, as an administrative community, what's been the observations and name, image, and likeness for the athletic directors around the country? Yeah, I think for the, uh, as a whole, and, and in particular for myself, I love it. I think it's a great opportunity. Uh, things haven't ended. The world survives. College athletics will continue. Our student-athletes that are on the court this week have made money off name, image, likeness, which I think is fantastic. I just got uh, today a book from Open Doors, our third-party uh, kind of educator and who we use, all the Horizon League uses it with every conference's kind of average in basketball, guard, forward, center, NLI deals. And it's all anonymous. But in the Horizon League, you're looking at the average deals of a few thousand dollars mm -hmm. across the board. And men and women, that's one of the few leagues where the men and the women, the difference isn't that significant, which I think is fantastic. And uh, I think across the board, most of the high earners in name and likeness are women, uh, women uh, student athletes. And that's a great segue to the next question because, Steve, we've seen in college sports, particularly on the women's college sports, uh, superstars. I'm talking about household names that have become superstars in the name, image, and likeness community. We've seen gymnasts uh, out there, uh, Libby Dunn from LSU and everything. I mean, they have become literal financial and social media superstars. Yes, millions. Literally millions, millions of dollars. Yeah. Millions of dollars that they can parlay once they're done with their athletic careers into millions of dollars. So uh, they've done a good job. It's not easy. It's a lot of work. Uh, mm -hmm. But I think that is where you really see a tremendous potential to really – monetize this in a way that hopefully positions themselves for a, a great success after they're done with college. Well, Steve, I was just getting the alert. The Tigers are getting ready for preseason baseball here tonight. We've had some work done at the Oakland baseball field as well. Like we've been talking about facilities and things like that. You know, as, as you, as you look at that, that's wrapping up right now. And, you know, we were talking about the goals for the basketball facilities and stuff like that. You, you've kind of put the, the wheels in motion facility-wide, haven't you? Yeah, so we just had to finish the walkthrough with a, we turfed our infield, which mm -hmm. is a huge step in the right direction. Our first home game is March 7th, looking outside. I'm not sure if that's going <laughs> to that's gonna happen, but it won't be because the field isn't playable. Right. <laughs> so we've got the tur uh, turfed infield, which is huge for Coach Banfield and the, and the guys. They won their first game against Kansas 6-3 to right. this afternoon. They had to Wichita State later this weekend. I'm excited about what they're building. And then on the women's side, we're going to turf the outfield 
once the season's over. So the turf's here. We just have to, I don't want to displace our women during the season. So we'll do that once the season over is over. And it really helps them not only get more games in, it helps us rent and then create some revenue during the summer to uh, teams and clubs. All right. Well, Steve, I certainly appreciate you stopping by. And as always, I appreciate the openness too. It's, it's not every athletic director that's going to come in here and you know, address the facilities and, and all that kind of stuff. So thanks for the uh, thanks for the openness. We appreciate it. You bet, Neil. Thanks. All right. Director of Athletics, Steve Waterfield, everybody. When we come back, it's Ask Campy time here on the Greg Campy Show. We're live at RJ's Pub in Rochester Hills. You don't have to play for the Pistons to be treated by the same doctors who keep the team at their best. I can't dunk in size 18 sneakers, but I can play 18 holes. I don't box out defenders in mesh shorts, but my hip is back in the game. I'm not a piston, but I'm running on all cylinders after back surgery. I am Henry. I am Henry. Henry Ford Health, official team physicians of the Detroit Pistons. And you. Visit henryford.com slash team docs. They say one great thing leads to another. And that's especially true when you visit a Great Clips salon. When you sit down for a haircut with the skilled and friendly stylist at one of our thousands of convenient Great Clips locations, they'll not only make your hair look great, they'll make you feel great too. And that's something you can't help but share with the world. Download our online check-in app today and opt in to get a ready next text when you're up next. Great Clips. It's going to be great. If you rent, you might not be able to change much about your home, but DTE can still help you save on your energy bill. We have tons of low and no cost tips that are good for the environment and help you save money. For example, switching your five most frequently used lights to Energy Star bulbs could save you nearly $50 a year. So start saving today. Visit dteenergy.com slash save energy. DTE. Hey, Coles and Grizzlies fans and loyal customers, we have some great news. Your God Wings destination just got even better. Join us at Got Wings, now known as Reggae Wings, for endless island vibes with rum, reggae, and no problems. Come for the ice cold beers on tap and delicious, flavorful wings. Reggae Wings features a full bar and two private cabanas. Located at 3375 University Drive in Auburn Hills, right by the university's entrance. See you there. One love. Welcome back to the Greg Campy Show live at RJ's Pub in Rochester Hills. He is a coach, Greg Campy. My name is Neil Rule, the voice of the Golden Grizzlies. If you are listening for the first time, maybe you're catching it on the podcast side. Remember, we do this at RJ's Pub, but you can subscribe to the Golden Grizzlies, the podcast as well, the Bear in Mind podcast. That's your podcast home for the Greg Campy Show. Subscribe on iTunes and SoundCloud. Just search Oakland University or Golden Grizzlies. Click subscribe, and you are in there. Camp, you ready for some Ask Campy? Yeah, but before we do, you guys, uh, when you were talking to Steve, you mentioned baseball. And I think we'd be remiss not to let everybody here know, in case they didn't, that Jordan beat up on Kansas today. We beat Kansas 6-3. to three. Uh, And in three years, he's turned that program where we're beating the Big 12. And I think we've really got to you – know, I should have had him on the show before they went for their <laughs> spring break. But next year we will because he's done one hell of a job for us. Hey, getting wins at Big 12 parks, man. Like, yeah, yeah that's, it, that's not easy to do. Man. Playing for the Horizon League Championship last year and everything. Yeah, it's, it's definitely done yeah. a 180. There is no question – about it um yeah time for some ask campy uh, i did want to ask you about this this is from uh, neil r i guess in uh, at rj's pub 
Camp, a lot of the talk around town today in the college basketball world was on the whole fouling when you're up three debate. You know, inside 10 seconds, a lot of the, a lot, a lot of the talking heads out there were, uh, were bringing it up because we saw it with Izzo and Michigan State. We saw it in the Wisconsin-Michigan game yesterday as well. What, what's, your, what's your philosophy on that camp as far as you got a three-point lead inside 10-ish seconds to go? What, what, what's the playbook you're running? Okay, so first of all, I'll say this. All those talking heads have never coached a game in their life or coached a practice, so they have no idea. It, it seems so simplistic, right? Oh, you got to follow. It seems so simplistic that you would just go do that. Well, the truth of the matter is, is it's not simplistic because where very seldom do you have a cut and dried. Now, in the Michigan game, there was it was cut and dried. There was 1.5 seconds to go, and the kid went for a steal instead of you know he should have just gone up with Dickinson. And if, if Hunter caught the ball, came down with him and fouled him, you know. Uh, and you practice that. But how it works out in a game, the the margin of error by student-athletes is so it, – it's just such a big margin that can you really count on that? Or if you're a defensive-oriented coach, we work, we work, we work, we take that three away and they don't they get a tough contested one. So what do you do on that? You know, the biggest thing there is when do you do it? When do you do it? I mean, oh, we got to foul up. You're up three late. You got to foul. Well, what's late? Because if you do it with 10 seconds to go and they go down and make both of them, you throw it in with eight seconds to go and they foul you and you go down and miss. You're in a worse situation than you were before. They can win now. Right. Right? They can win. You've... You foul, eight seconds to go, and they go up and they make both of them. You take it in. And I've seen a lot of times when they you couldn't get it in. I mean, we've won two games this year where teams couldn't get it in, Eastern Michigan and Cleveland State. They couldn't get it in against us with four or five seconds to go, and we scored and tied the game and won in overtime, right? So, so what do you do with that? I mean, this is the philosophy. And this is why as a talking head that you're not getting paid to do that. You're getting paid to create controversy. It's so, it's so, yeah, it's a great topic. But the truth of the matter is when you're the guy that's going to get criticized, what do you do? Because the, the what you're trying to do is win, right? And if you're a half a point ahead, you win. So what do you do? Um, at the end of the half uh, against Northern Kentucky, we had a nine-point lead. There were eight seconds to go when we made a three and I called a timeout. We had three fouls to get. No, we had four, four fouls to get, right? So I put Brody Parker in the game, and we've practiced it, but I didn't trust that he was going to do it exactly as I wanted him to do it because this is real life now. This isn't a practice where you get yelled at, you know. And then you do it again. And then you do yeah, yeah. Th- This is real life. And he did a really good job. But you know who made a huge mistake? Can anybody in here tell me who made who made a huge mistake? No one, because you don't coach it. You don't practice it. You don't know it. You just see the results, and then you can go and do what you do, talk about it and bitch and complain about a coach. <laughs> Blake Lampman made a yeah. big mistake. Blake committed the second foul of the four. Why is that a big mistake? Well, he fouled on the pass. So why foul? 
no time went off. And they threw the ball into the backcourt. Right, he's going away from the basket. So what he yeah. should have done is you know, he, they knew we wanted to foul. The, the instruction is after two dribbles, foul. We don't want to foul after one dribble because other guys are smart, right? They take a dribble and know you're going to foul. What are they going to do? Rise up and They're going to rise up and shoot the three. And then you give up three free throws, and then you really look stupid as a coach at the end of the game because you didn't teach them how to do it. So we take two dribbles and foul. So the ball went in the backcourt, and Blake fouled where he should have straddled the, the mid-center line. And as Vincent brought the ball across, two dribbles across, foul. A good two seconds would have gone off. Now instead of six seconds, they would have only had four, and we still had two more fouls to give. And it ended up, it worked, we did it everything, but they did get a, 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 a shot yeah. a shot at the end. It wasn't a good one, it didn't even hit the rim. So we did a really good job of fouling, even though we made that mistake, all right? So now let's go to your scenario at the end of the game. Our belief and what we talk to our kids, and honestly, I don't practice it. You know, you'll see teams do it, and then they'll say, you know, a guy will throw a half-court shot in, and they'll say, the coach will say, oh, we practiced that, right? We practiced that half-court shot. Yeah, right. Well, everybody shoots half-court shots, right? But the truth of the matter is in game-like, you're never going to be able to simulate a game-like situation because you don't know how they're going to guard you. You don't know if they're going to guard the inbound or if they're going to let you catch it. They don't, you don't know any of that. So what we try and do is teach concepts. We're going to do this, we're going to do this, and if we do it, this is how we're going to do it. So our concept is we do not want to foul with above five seconds to go in that situation. So we're late game, up three. If there's more than five seconds to go, we are not going to foul. If there is less than five seconds and they've got to go the length of the court, we're going to back off. We're going to let you catch the ball. We're not going to deny you. We're going to make you let you catch the ball running. We're going to back off, and hopefully you're going to catch it going away from your basket. Spin, two dribbles, foul. All right? We're never going to foul on one dribble because the mindset of raising and shooting and giving up a three shot. All right? Now let's say it's in the half court. Less than five seconds, we want to foul on the catch. We want to foul on the catch. In other words, you're taking it out. You throw it to me. The guy guarding me lets you have it, and I foul. On the catch, so there's no shot involved, okay? <clears throat> Many of you were at a game a few years ago where, I don't remember who it was, fouled us. And we have a play on a missed free throw. And I don't know if you remember, but Trey Maddox missed it perfect. We ran the play, and Xavier Hill Mays got the rebound and laid it in, and we won an overtime. Green Bay, yeah. yeah. So it's... Yeah. It's not just because you foul doesn't mean you're going to win the game because it happened to us and we won the game, all right? So the reason we go below five is because if most coaches will miss on purpose if there's only four seconds or so left. They won't, they won't make them both because what, what scares me is you make them both and then we can't get it inbounds and now you've got a chance to win the game. If, if you only make, if you can only shoot a three, three, then you, we can't lose, right? So th a lot of coaches believe that. So even though the talking heads say all that kind of stuff, as a coach, I know that if I'm up three, I can't lose until we go to overtime. 
And so a lot of them won't foul because of that reason. And again, unless you've done it, unless you've lived it, and, you know, I've done it for so long that I've seen it all. I've seen it. I've seen us foul and lose. I've seen us foul and win. I've seen us not foul and lose. I've seen us not foul and win. But I do believe you should foul if it's four and a half seconds left. And then the biggest part of this, and you probably wouldn't think this as a fan, but you would shake your head yes when I say this, is are my guys smart enough to foul at the right time? and in the right situation. Well, Camp, you just went through I, all those scenarios. That, that was a lot to take. Now imagine that with the game on the line. Right. And you're tired and all that. And you've practiced it. Yeah. And you've – well, I got time to tell a quick story. We're playing Chicago State many, many years ago, okay? We're up three. There's four seconds to go. I call timeout. And as soon as the ball gets cross half, we're going to foul. Okay? Kelly Williams is guarding the ball. He's, he's our best defender, their best offensive player. I know he's going to guard him. As soon as he gets cross half court, foul. Right? So we go out. They can't get it in. There's another timeout called. We come back to the huddle, and I say, perfect. Everything's the same. Okay? Kelly, uh, is guarding the inbounder, and they were going to – there's, I think, four seconds. They're going to throw it in and throw it to the inbounder, and he's going to go running up because he's their best player. So we saw that. I said, Kelly, just get back to the top of the key, wait for him, and then get him. And then I make the fatal mistake of saying, don't foul a shooter. Now, what does that mean to you? Don't foul somebody that's if he's in the getting ready to shoot, shoot it. Don't yeah. shoot it. Don't foul him. Right. Just a reminder that they can go and don't foul a shooter. So we go out there. They throw it in. Kelly's man gets it. He drives up the floor, pulls up, shoots a twenty footer, twenty five footer, and makes it. And we go to overtime and lose. Kelly, what the word we can't use here? <laughs> are you doing or was it more Why the? yeah did you not foul and he looked at me and he said you said don't foul a shooter well in the scouting report number three on their team was their shooter and he said he's the shooter you said don't follow the shooter well in that circumstance and situation you would think that everybody in the world would have understood what I was saying. Yeah. But he didn't. And so when you think of all this wonderful strategy, you've still got to get that wonderful strategy into that little mind. Of an 18 to 23-year-old, right. Who's tired, who is half listening, you know. I mean, sometimes you see me get in a huddle and I want to, in, in the old days, I could grab you by the shirt and pull you in and look at you in the face and make sure you're listening. If I did that today, I think Steve probably would tell me I don't have a job tomorrow, you know. But it worked. <laughs> it worked. And today it doesn't because, you know what, during a timeout, if they're putting for a million dollars or whatever out there, I got guys in the huddle trying to see if he makes the putt. They might be looking at the dance team. They might be listening to a thing on the scoreboard. 
And don't think when I sit there and look up and want to say something to somebody and I, they're not even in the huddle. That happens. And so it's so simple to say, yes, Tom Izzo should have done that. But that ain't the way it works. All right, Camp, we got to cook, cook through the rest of these now, okay? okay? All right. Two-word uh, answers. Yeah, Grizzly fan. Coach, what are your thoughts on the league changing the scheduling structure starting next season? That's good. People asking questions in real time. They listen. I, I like I, it. I, you heard Steve ask, say he asked for opinions. Uh, part of that opinion came from the coaches group. The coaches wanted that other than two coaches. If you're Green Bay and Milwaukee, you don't want that because – you're the farthest outpost of the league, and you've got – if you're going to go play Oakland on Wednesday and then go home and play – you've got more travel, more expenses. And unfortunately in our league, too many schools worry about that instead of competitive, competitive fairness. And what we're looking for is competitive fairness, and what we really want to get away from is the Thursday-Saturday games where you have – we play on Wednesday – and we got to play Detroit on Friday with one day prep, and they had four days to prep. When we beat Detroit at Detroit, we had four days to prep, and they had one day to, to get ready for it. We want to get away from that. We want a competitive fairness where we have time to prep for every game because every game counts the same. Every game counts the same. So why wouldn't you have the fairness of that? We're not a TV league. We're not driven by TV, right? The Big Ten can't do it because they're driven by the dollars of TV. Our league isn't. Do we make some money off TV? Yes. Are we going to acquiesce to TV? Sure we are. Sure we are. If they want us on Friday night, we're going to play on Friday night. But it's four times a year. It's four games, five games maybe. It isn't every week. So we want a competitive fairness. Uh, David says, Coach, you played in seemingly every major and high major program in America, including playing in Alaska. Is there any opponent you haven't played yet that you always wanted to? Two, um, I played there the year it opened, Rupp Arena. As long as Cal's there, we're, you know, we're too good of friends. I want to play. He doesn't because we're friends. <laughs> that didn't make sense to me, but that's what he wants. <laughs> uh, he's texted me twice in the last week that he's uh, had – Cal goes to Mass every morning, and he's dedicated two of his Masses to my mother. And – Maybe he won't now if he hears this radio show, so I hope he doesn't. Okay. All right. And then the second place is Duke, and I would not go to Duke because something that Duke said to me when uh, we were scheduled to play a game there before, and the guy says to me, oh, we're Duke. I mean, you should be the one that should not. I mean, they wanted to, us, they wanted to do it cheaply. They wanted six to give me 60K when everybody else is giving me 90K. Well, I ain't going to do that. And I told them, well, we're Duke. And I go, well, I'm Greg Campy, and I don't give a. <laughs> and I actually said that. But now that that guy's retired and gone, they got a new world going on there. Maybe we'll get down there. I would like to play at Cameron. I've never been in Cameron. It's probably the only arena in the country that I haven't been in. Only big-time arena in the country. I been uh, Pittsburgh Marty, in case, uh, in case this is the last show of the season, I'd like to thank you guys for always giving my questions and, and treating me well on your yearly trips to Pittsburgh. Love listening from afar. Short question, what is on your wish list for next season in terms of recruiting? Uh, let's see. I think we need a point guard. <laughs> Be a good start, right? Wish one, point guard. <laughs> wish two, backup point guard. <laughs> wish three, dominant rebounder. Wish four, somebody that can make a shot. High-end three-point shooter, yeah. 
Let's see, what else? Wish five. Another guy that can make a shot. <laughs> That's about it, That's Marty. it, though? Yeah. Okay. All right, fair. Uh, Jeff, hashtag ask Campy, after the blacktop floor era, have you considered a gold floor for the Golden Grizzlies? I saw that on Twitter, and I thought that was kind of cool. That kind of moved me a little bit. I don't know. You know, if we, when we redo the floor, one of the things we have to do is our last, our last uh, business manager that was in charge of that, I'm not sure why our business manager was in charge of it at the time, but he was, he, the cost of the paint to do, so the outside of our floor is black, right? And then the black top was supposed to be black, is black, but doesn't look black. And on TV, it really doesn't look black, right? So when I saw that and I complained maybe a little, um, I was told that if we painted the whole floor that it would ruin the floor and we'd never be able to repaint it because we'd, we had painted the floor like five, the floor's 24, three years old. And then it's been, it's not gonna be able to be painted again if we painted it that black. And that's about a ninety to $100,000 uh, hit if we have to you know, take the floor out and put a new one in. And that's why it went that way. Um, I think that we should repaint it and paint it real black. And if we have to get a new one, then we'll go out and raise the money or, or do something to have to get a new floor, right? Having a floor is kind of an essential piece of having a basketball program. Like guys that can make shots and point guards and stuff like that, and, right? And rebound. And rebound. So I think that, and I, and I don't want to speak for Steve. He was on here and he could have said this, but I think Steve's really on board with that, that we've got to, you know, eventually we got to get that black if we're going to have it black. But I think that if you could really make it gold, that might be something different, but probably not. I like the black top. I like that we're known for that. Um, I like that people bitch about it. I like that the most. A lot of schools bitch about it. So that's, that's probably my favorite part of it. All right. We will, uh, we will take a break. Now, before I tell you, however, about farmer-owned dairy products from Prairie Farms are made with 100% real milk from local Michigan dairy farms. Prairie Farms, a proud sponsor of Oakland University Athletics. We'll take a break. Come back. The final segment of the Greg Campy Show from RJ's Pub in Rochester Hills. What do you got, Camp? No they say one great thing leads to another. And that's especially true when you visit a Great Clips salon. When you sit down for a haircut with the skilled and friendly stylist at one of our thousands of convenient Great Clips locations, they'll not only make your hair look great, they'll make you feel great too. And that's something you can't help but share with the world. Download our online check-in app today and opt in to get a ready next text when you're up next. Great Clips, it's gonna be great. If you rent, you might not be able to change much about your home, but DTE can still help you save on your energy bill. We have tons of low and no cost tips that are good for the environment and help you save money. For example, switching your five most frequently used lights to Energy Star bulbs could save you nearly $50 a year. So start saving today. Visit dteenergy.com slash saveenergy, DTE. They say consistency is the key to success. They weren't wrong. So how about grabbing a beer that's consistently smooth, consistently refreshing, and consistently light? You might just find that the road to success can be pretty enjoyable. Michelob Ultra, the perfect balance of taste and refreshment and only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. 
Enjoy responsibly. Anheuser-Busch Michelob Ultra Light Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. Hey, Ford and Grizzlies fans and loyal customers, we have some great news. Your God Wings destination just got even better. Join us at Got Wings, now known as Reggae Wings, for endless island vibes with rum, reggae, and no problems. Come for the ice cold beers on tap and delicious, flavorful wings. Reggae Wings features a full bar and two private cabanas. Located at 3375 University Drive in Auburn Hills, right by the university's entrance. See you there. One love. Welcome back to the Greg Campy Show live at RJ's Pub in Rochester Hills. He's a coach, Greg Campy. My name is Neil Rule, the voice of the Golden Grizzlies. Greg Campy Show brought to you by the Pino Insurance Agency, LLC of Mimic Insurance. They cater to the educational market. If you're looking for affordable insurance and a knowledgeable insurance agency, go online to pinoinsurance.com today. P-I-N-O insurance.com today. And because Greg Campy asked for it, the Greg Campy Show is also brought to you in part by, Ferry, by farmer-owned Prairie Farms. Dedicated farmers, happy cows, and real milk. Drink local with Prairie Farm. So there's that one, uh, too. Final segment of the show as we talked about camp. It's March Madness, uh, Northern Kentucky, the four seed, the five seed going at it. And uh, it's pretty simple, camp. Everyone knows the stakes. You win, you keep going. Yeah, it's, it's like the radio show, right? If we win, we'll be here again. If we don't, we won't be here again. So... There's all kinds of pressure, man, all kinds of pressure. And that's the big thing that that most people don't understand that aren't fans of mid-major, low-major, semi-big-major, whatever level you want to call us because everybody calls us a different level. But other than the autonomy six, if you lose, you're done. And, you know, Michigan State, they're in, right? Whether they lose or not, they're in. Uh, there's eight or nine Big Ten teams that if they lose, they're in. And then when they get to the NCAA tournament, that becomes what we're going through this week. For us, at this level, this is the week, the most important thing. And there's all kinds of pressure on kids. And that's why you see so many things happen. There were 32 conference champions last year. Only 14 of the 32 also won the conference tournament. That's less than 50%. And it's like that every right. year. Yeah. 14 of the 32 conference champions went ahead. Now, in six of those conferences, it didn't matter. So take that down to 26, 32 minus 6, 26. Adam, boy. There, you're back, baby. Um, yeah. You're back. <laughs> Not so bad, huh? <laughs> um, so for 26 conferences, if you don't win it, you're on pins and needles. And for us, if we don't win it, we're done. And we do know if we do win it, we're going to be in Dayton for the one of the you know first four games. We did that once. And I'm going to tell you something. That was one of the greatest experiences I've ever had in my life. We took, in 2005, we took five busloads of students down to Dayton. Our president, uh, you know, I, I, if I remember right, they canceled classes that night. And, you know, the whole world was watching Oakland University, probably for the first time ever that the whole world was watching Oakland University. And we won the game. And Raul Marshall had the dunk of the year, the, and, you know, the number one play on, on the sports center that night. And uh, it was just an unbelievable. that We walk out into the Dayton Arena. There's 14,000 people there. 
There's such a contingent of Oakland people in that end zone. I still, to this day, I can remember looking up in there after the game and seeing, you know, 1,500 of the happiest faces I've ever seen in my life. All right, the game itself, Northern Kentucky. This will be round number three, both one on each other's floor. You hope that trend continues. Yeah, it's going to be hard to, to win there twice. I mean, they've got a tremendous home court record. Um, but it's tournament time, and like I just said, you throw everything out. Right. You know? uh, you, the nervousness of it is it's, it's at some point in the second half, one of the two teams is going to make a decision that we're winning this game. And, the, and that team, last year it was Wright State made that decision. We had a 13-point lead with 10 minutes to go, and we, we came out of a timeout, and I just talked to them in there about, you know, we got to value the ball now. We can't give them any runouts. We can't get them, give them a spark to get going. And on that first possession, uh, a guy tried to throw a touchdown pass that got intercepted and thrown up the floor for a three, and, and the, the decision was made right there. We're going to win this game, and they did. And then they went on and won the championship. And so at some point in do-or-die situation, in that second half, the game's going to get determined and I'm just hoping that we're the tough team. We're the team that, that decides. And with a guy like Jalen Moore right now who's so dedicated to winning, I feel pretty confident that he's going to get that done for us. I was going to say you've got the toughest guy on the floor, for, for my money, anyway. Yeah. Northern Kentucky's got some tough guys, yeah. too, though. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they do. Yes, they do. <laughs> yes, they do. There is no doubt about it. But, yeah, as, as we wrap up, uh, a big thank you to all all of you. I mean, every single week, this this crowd here has been incredible for the Greg Campy Show. So, uh, big thanks to everybody that's come every week. And yeah, who it's, let it's, those people in to screw this up tonight? Uh, well, they had the, he had an Oakland hat on. Did you see it? Oh, they just left early. Yeah, uh, probably because of Steve. They well, probably didn't like what Steve said, yeah, so they it left. Could be it. Well, uh, it has to be. It. Well, camp the crowd so big too. You got to beat the traffic. <laughs> right. You know, no, like, there's okay. going to be traffic pulling out of here. Yeah. You don't want to be caught in that. I think it's Steve. It, okay. <laughs> Steve, well, remember who you. said that? It might oh. be you. I mean, it could be, I guess. I, I suppose. I mean, you didn't know 17 years in a row. I didn't. You're right. Yeah. I knew. I just couldn't recall. Is that better? That's better. That's better. Well, usually, too, like, I can't usually have somebody that, you know, keeps that You sound info. like one of my players. Yeah. That's what it is. Oh, I knew I shouldn't have followed I knew him right there. I hey, should have let that ball coach. go in the backcourt. And when it came across half court, I get him, right? My bad. Yeah, my, my bad. bad. <laughs> <laughs> Who the hell else is bad is it? I hate that. You ever see guys do that? Yeah. No kidding. Everybody in this building knows it's your bad, man. You don't have to say that. <laughs> my bad. My bad, Coach. My bad. I won't do it again. Uh, final uh, final 90 seconds of the show, Cam. What else, what else you got? Again, I thank everybody, too. You know, you've got a, a real loyalty and uh, to, to our program and that. And it's time for us to give you something to really cheer about. And I'm hoping I've got a really good feeling that maybe this is is the year then the last thing I want to say is isn't isn't our senior day the best senior day in the world <laughs> I mean is there's no one that does it yeah. like we do I think you got to give a tip of the hat there's some people back in that corner that make it happen um Giz over here that they do a hell of a job you know and uh oh that's a special day just a special day emotional day but really special all right, everybody, that'll wrap it up here today from RJ's Pub for the coach, Greg Campy. My name is Neil Rule. We will talk to you in northern Kentucky on Thursday night. Tip time's at 7 o'clock, right, Camp? Yep. 7 o'clock, we'll be on the air at 6.30 for the pregame show. So 
For the head coach, Greg Campy, my name is Neil Rule. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the Greg Campy Show live from RJ's Pub in Rochester Hills. Well, see you later.